0: This podcast is called Obsessed. Joseph Scrimshaw and his
1: guest get some secrets off their chest. You should listen, it's the best. Hello and welcome to the Obsessed Podcast with me, Joseph Scrimshaw. I have a wonderful guest here with me. He is a very old friend of mine in that I've known him for a long time. Yeah, (laughs) He's not incredibly old by any means. I'm 97 years old. He is. He's (laughs) very spry for a 97-year-old. His name is Mr. Calvin Hatley. Calvin, can you uh, tell the people listening a little bit about who you are?
0: Well, I am a local uh, actor, writer, comedian person. I, I guess that would be a good way of <laughs> saying it. That's entirely accurate. Um, I've done a lot of improv. I've done uh, some one-man shows uh, at the Fringe Festival. And uh, just been in a lot of uh, comedy theatrical performances for a uh, number of years
1: Yeah, yeah Calvin and I have done a lot of sketch comedy together over the years And yeah. different plays and whatnot uh, And so I already knew this about Calvin But I decided <laughs> to share this with the world That uh, Calvin is a big a fan of Richard Nixon Certainly obsessed with Richard uh, Nixon
0: Yeah um, I don't know if I would say fan Because that kind of implies agreement Yeah, yeah But um, I'm definitely fascinated by Richard Nixon. I I, I don't I don't have like t shirts with Nixon's picture on it. Not, you don't not, have
1: like a flake of his skin or anything no, that you purchased no. on eBay. I don't have a shrine. Like <laughs> no Nixon I,
0: I, I uh, you know, I'm not marching in the Fourth of July parade with, you know
1: <laughs> Bring back Nixon. The big Nixon flag. So just for clarity's sake, what is what is a brief description of Richard Milhouse Nixon?
0: Um Probably, like, the weirdest person who ever became president. <laughs> um, he, he he was... Uh, he has a reputation for being, like, this really arch-conservative kind of president. I don't think he was. He was just... Uh, a lot of what fascinates me about Nixon uh, is just that I can't... It, it's incredible to me that he ever became president. He, he is, like, his personality and... Style and everything is so
1: the opposite of what just not presidential, just
0: well, like, okay, you know, you you normally think of presidents as being very energetic,
1: charismatic people, right? Instead of a a sweaty, dumpy, angry man, it's
0: just sweaty, dumpy, angry (laughs) man who's really awkward, really introverted, uh, and just weird. I mean, you know, everyone who, like, I guess had any significant contact with Nixon is like, I don't know what's up with this
1: guy. I guess it makes sense because kind of in our sort of modern geek culture, you know, sometimes mm-hmm. we associate a little bit of sort of being introverted or perhaps being socially awkward with also being like really intelligent and insightful. And it certainly yeah. seems like Nixon was very intelligent was and very a, insightful. He was not a dumb guy. No. But maybe, so maybe what we're saying is Nixon was just a, a huge geek.
0: <laughs> he kind of was. You know, if... if, if uh yeah, I mean, like like, uh, like a lawyer geek, I guess. <laughs> I, 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 <laughs>
1: Richard Nixon, lawyer geek.
0: Yeah, but he had he had like no social skills <laughs> of, of, of any kind, really.
1: So, what did you think of him when when obviously when you were young and he was actually president? Were, were you frightened of him?
0: <laughs> well, it was you know it was kind of funny when when. Um, When Watergate and all that happened, I would have been about seven, seven or eight. Okay. And, you know, like where I'm just old enough to kind of have this idea that there is this thing called a president (laughs) (laughs) and, you know, that it's important. And uh, so, yeah, I mean, like the biggest uh, presidential scandal, you know, in American history pretty much happened right when I was just aware
1: so that oh so is your your idea sort of that the president is a a sweaty man who makes bad mistakes. <laughs> well,
0: a, a lot of my ideas of the president, uh, you know, it came from my parents. I, I, I grew up in a very uh, like liberal Democrat kind of family, mm-hmm. and 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 they could not have hated Nixon more.
1: Right. Now, yeah. I've, I've met your mom, and she's yeah. certainly very liberal, but also yeah. very nice. Was she, oh, like, yeah. viscerally angry? Did she, like, swear at Nixon when he was on the television? Uh, Dad would. <laughs> uh,
0: they, yeah, they were really... Uh, like pretty much one of my, my first memories is is uh, of, like, any kind of political awareness was <laughs> the 1972 election and my parents supporting McGovern <laughs> and it being, like, the worst Landslide blowout in history. Yeah, it was yeah. like
1: your parents voted for a governor. Yeah. was about it, right? I mean, right. Yeah. It was it was horrible.
0: Yeah, yeah. He uh, he didn't even win Minnesota. Um. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's a horrible
1: <laughs> political legacy for a Democrat. I mean, it, kind it does of, now, doesn't it? But, didn't um, even win. Yeah, all Minnesota. he won
0: was uh, Massachusetts and the District of Columbia.
1: Wow. Wow. Okay, so I, so mm-hmm. that that helps me give get a little sense of kind of your your political understanding yeah. of him at a young age. But you've played Nixon in a ton of comedy sketches. Yeah. Yes. Uh-huh. So why why do you do that? What uh how, why does that give you joy to be Nixon?
0: I think it's just he's such a like a satirical icon. mm mm-hmm. Mhm. Um, it, it, it's fascinating to me how, how weirdly easy it is to do, like, a stupid Nixon impression. Right. You you know, you, you do the double victory sign and you, like, waggle your cheeks. <laughs> and, and everyone's like, it's Nixon! <laughs> and, like, you can't, there is no other president you can do that quickly. Two, you can't even, you can't even do, like, Lincoln that fast. Yeah, so. And think about, that's really weird.
1: It, it, so it's, it's yeah. the cheek waggling. That, yeah. I, that I'm fascinated with. Kelvin is doing this right now in my home. <laughs> <laughs> that Cheek waggling in itself is just a yeah. great term. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I can't think of, like, what body part would I waggle to be Obama? <laughs> <laughs> Obama doesn't waggle.
0: He, Obama is, is not a waggly president. <laughs> He's sturdy, that Obama. Um,
1: uh, but you choose. So, like, I think I've probably. I know I've written sketches for you mm-hmm. many years ago where you played Nixon uh, because I, I knew you, like, doing it or what was appropriate for the sketch. Yeah, yeah. But you you choose to play Nixon. Like, I can tell it's a role where you're like, I'm writing something. Can I work Nixon in? <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
0: it, it's just sort of – it's such a, a – like a comedic shorthand for for terrible president. <laughs> I mean, you know, it, it, it became um, – it was sort of like America's way of dealing with Watergate and everything was just we will make Nick, Nixon will be our clown,
1: so you, you had to just make like an utter cartoon out of him
0: yeah i mean there, there, there there's a couple of things um Nixon was present right about at the moment in in like American society when. American society got comfortable with the whole idea of satirizing the president. Right, and and wow, the president at that time was like the most satirizable president.
1: <laughs> and then he just gave them as much ammo yeah, as humanly you know, possible. It, it
0: was just kind of this this perfect combination. And and I guess at another level, I'm, I I have this weird tendency to be sort of fascinated with, like, really dated material. <laughs> and I just thought the idea of doing Nixon jokes in, like, the late 90s was so odd. Yeah. Well, that it would be funny, you know, just...
1: Wasn't Nixon in your most recent Fringe Festival show? Or was that two shows ago?
0: I uh, I had... <laughs> uh, my last two... My two most recent Fringe shows had... Both had Nixon elements in
1: them. <laughs> um, you sound like you're, you're caging like Nixon himself. Yeah. What does Nixon elements well, mean? Uh, well, there are
0: certain elements. Of, uh, uh, Nixon. <laughs> yeah, um, but um, in, the, in the show I did last year, uh, the press conference at the end of the world, right. there is one uh, response that the press secretary press secretary character gives that is taken almost word for word. Uh, from something Ron Ziegler said. Ron Ziegler was Nixon's press secretary. Okay, and it was some answer. Uh, the question was basically something along the lines of, "Does the president have the tapes in his possession?" And Ziegler gave like a 99 word answer that did not say <laughs> yes or no.
1: So yeah, so that kind of stuff is now, yeah. now we're really used to that, and that's that's the game. That's how it's. Yeah. That's what you need to do as, a, well, as yeah. a politician. And I think we've come to the point where like, yeah. we almost respect that from politicians up to a point. Yeah. I mean, some I, people don't. Some people are probably getting mad at me saying that and uh, they're uh, yeah, their, their iPad across no, the room. No, I mean, I mean I,
0: you have to <clears throat> finesse everything. Yeah. You know, and, and I think people kind of have this idealized uh, thing that, you know, our leaders should always make extremely bold statements and then, you know, what do you what do you have? You have like uh,
1: uh, Chris Christie. <laughs> He's got a plenty of, plenty of bold statements. You know,
0: who's just sort of who, who's just an angry awful person as far <laughs> as I can tell.
1: It really seems that way.
0: And um, the show I did two years ago, uh, uh, Someone is Wrong on the Internet, this was entirely an unconscious Nixon thing. Uh, I named the character Ed Kleindienst. Okay. And one of uh, Nixon's attorneys general was Richard
1: Kleindienst. So that's the Nixon element that was in the previous show? Yeah. I, I, I just an I, obscure I, staffer? I named
0: a guy who was, like, uh, Nixon's uh, attorney general for, like, six months or something. Wow. He went through a lot of attorney generals. <laughs> I wonder why. Yeah. Um, um, so I Saturday wonder... Night Massacre and all that. But, right.
1: Yeah, uh, yeah I, I read about that on Wikipedia. Was that just a mass firing of people, Saturday Night Massacre?
0: Yeah. He uh, Nixon decided to get rid of the special prosecutor, uh, Archibald Cox. <laughs> oh, that <laughs> was his name, Archibald I Cox. Know. And um, told... Uh, Okay, first his first attorney general was John Mitchell. John Mitchell resigned to, to head the committee to reelect the president, uh, which was officially called uh, known as the CRP, but everyone called it Creep, <laughs> uh, because they were creeps. And <laughs> so Cox and creeps. Yeah, Cox and creeps. And uh, so okay, yeah, Mitchell resigned to head Creep, and then um, then it was Klein Dienst. And then something happened with Kleindienst. And then it was a guy named uh, Elliot Richardson. And it was the attorney general's responsibility to fire the special prosecutor. Okay. And Elliot Richardson was like, this is grossly wrong. (laughs) I'm not going to do it. I resign. And then it came down to like the second uh, in command, uh, the, the assistant attorney general. Okay. Whose name was William Ruckles house? <laughs>
1: <laughs> You're making that up. No,
0: I mean Nixon. There was a lot of people with really weird names associated with Nixon. I think that's partly why I'm fascinated with them because <laughs> I just like people with weird names,
1: like Ed Cheekswaggle. Yeah, Ed Cheekswaggle
0: <laughs> or something. But um, but Ruckles house was like, no, I'm not doing this, <laughs> and he resigned. And so it came down to the third guy, uh, who you may have heard of. His name was Robert Bork. Okay. And Robert Bork was the guy who actually fired Archibald Cox.
1: <laughs> so Bork got rid of Cox. So Bork got rid of Cox. Awesome. And that was
0: the Saturday
1: Night Massacre. Cool. <laughs> it, did, it, did, it did sound like you were you're winding up a song. And that was the Saturday Night Massacre. Um, I wanted to ask you a little bit about some kind of the famous Nixon quotes and just kind of the, yeah. the voice because that comes up. But it, it kind of goes to what we were talking about of making direct statements versus having a, a value in evading things and saying them in an yeah, elegant yeah. way. Uh, is I am not a crook? It, it seems to me that I am not a crook is like part of his sort of comic legacy yeah. to have said in the just such a direct way, yeah. I am not what I actually obviously <laughs> am, Yeah, and I'm saying that in the way that someone who is what I am mm-hmm. would say that. Yeah. Uh, So, do how big of how big of Nixon's kind of image do you think "I am not a crook" is? That's a
0: really, I would say it's a really huge one. I mean, you know, it it, it's yeah. I mean, I mean, you know, he's he's making a really plain statement. There's so many weird little Nixon phrases that just became. Semi, like, like, sort of iconic. So I, I do, I
1: do, just, I do want to spend a part of the podcast hearing, hearing your Nixon. So I, <laughs> it, so can can you can you do these as Nixon?
0: Um Well, I, I suppose I can. Right? <laughs> I don't know if anyone really does a Nixon impression. They do like an impression of an impression of Nixon. Right. I like to know? me
1: and in, in this moment, I have no idea if what you just did sounds anything like Nixon, <laughs> <laughs> but I believe that it should.
0: Yeah. There, 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 there is an anecdote where uh, Rich Little met Richard Nixon, and uh, Rich Little was a, and I believe still is a a Republican.
1: Okay, and And he's a famous impressionist, right? The famous impressionist, not not a painter, but (laughs) yeah, yeah, the
0: the the famous impressionist uh, comedian, and he met, he was introduced to Nixon at some function, and someone's like, "Oh, oh, do your Nixon impression, do your Nixon impression. And and Rich Little was kind of like, uh, okay, and he did like a short impression of Nixon, mm-hmm. and, and Nixon's like smiling and nodding, and 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 after he left, uh, he goes. What was that little fellow with a strange voice trying to be? <laughs>
1: so he, so he, Nixon like was not no, self-aware. He had no self-awareness. Okay, so what are what are some of his his famous phrases? What are some of Nixon's famous phrases? Um, I, I want to make this
0: perfectly clear. <laughs> That's the one I always go back to. Like like whenever I I have a tendency like when I I'm trying to be specific about something, I'll say like, oh, I, I want to make this perfectly clear.
1: <laughs> was that said during the Watergate scandal as well?
0: Yeah, uh, around that time.
1: Okay, uh, you know, I was looking yeah. up on on Wikipedia, and I, I had always heard the quote, "You won't have Nixon to kick around anymore," mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and I had never realized that that was years before. That's
0: when he lost the uh, California governor's race in 1962.
1: Uh, can you can you do that one?
0: No, you won't have Dick Nixon to kick around anymore. <laughs> <laughs>
1: okay, so there are like eight things that make that funny. Yes, like, <laughs> the the third person is. Hilarious and just like, I think that's a part of what makes him funny. Is being so angry. It's understandable to be angry at the press. I think, especially if you're constantly under their scrutiny. Mm -hmm. But to be so blatant about, I won't have to deal with you fuckers anymore.
0: No, there. I I can't remember if it was that speech or or another one. But but he did he did make something. He he did go to the say something like you know I say this with absolutely no bitterness. And, and 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 it was so obvious he couldn't be more bitter. You know, he just wow. He had like no emotional intelligence at all.
1: Would you uh would you uh indulge me in in saying some phrases that I pre-wrote down for you to say as Nixon? <laughs> okay. Uh I want to connect with you on LinkedIn. I uh, I I want to connect with you on LinkedIn. <laughs> That's great, because you said LinkedIn as though he has no idea what it is. He wouldn't. <laughs> totally disingenuous. That's great. Uh, the next phrase is, Rainbow Dash is my favorite My Little Pony.
0: <laughs> Rainbow Dash is my favorite My Little Pony.
1: <laughs> <laughs> nice, nice. That was very sincere. I believe that is a, is a campaign problem. <laughs> uh, in here Here's one that is just a blatant lie. And we know that Nixon is good at that. I am a top Las Vegas showgirl.
0: I'm a top Las Vegas showgirl.
1: <laughs> and uh, I can assure you, listening at home, that Kelvin is waggling his cheeks. Yeah, <laughs> it's,
0: it's hard to do the voice without waggling the cheeks.
1: Yeah, Ooh. so it is a little bit of kind of he's he's shaking around his words before they come out. It's like he's his head is a blender. <laughs> yeah.
0: Well, yeah, you know that's another thing, like. Um, Nixon was like the first uh, politician I can think of who was really viciously caricatured in like editorial cartoons and stuff. Yeah, you know, like like you know, you could you know, they would draw like the president or whatever, but Nixon, they would draw like the super humongous long pointy nose and like the humongous jowls, of, you know, and right, and it was like, wait, where did that come from?
1: <laughs> Yeah, I wonder if that is just a changing of the time, too, where yeah. where they're starting to feel more comfortable, the press and the whole society is starting to feel more comfortable attacking, you know, institutions that used to be mm-hmm. sort of sacred mm-hmm. uh, and doing that by making Dick Nixon's nose really long. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so so here here's my big political question okay. uh, for you. Do you think Nixon was actually kind of like a scumbag for his time, or for his time did he just, did he get caught doing something that a lot of other people were doing? With the whole Watergate scandal. Yeah, I
0: I think I think a lot of his legacy is that everyone thinks the latter of those. You know, like, Mm -hmm. oh, every president is horrible, and Nixon was just an idiot and got caught. and uh, It's true, a lot of the ways he handled Watergate really couldn't have been more idiotic i mean he, he 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 literally could have done nothing, and it probably would have blown over, <laughs> but he he got so involved in like how to handle it that it he just he just made it worse
1: right because that's what he was a- actually got in trouble for yeah. right is his kind of blatant cover up attempts mm-hmm. as opposed to the actual incident yeah,
0: it was more like lying about it than actually doing it, okay, which is I, I think kind of a bizarre thing, in a way, but yeah. Yeah, um, yeah I, I I don't think it's possible to be in, in politics, especially not on a presidential level, and not do something that's a little like, looks bad. Oh, yeah. You know, I yeah. Mean, just because it's such a humongous job, and there's so America's a big place. <laughs> you know, I mean, you know, there's going if it was to
1: be, a smaller country, you could rob one if, another's offices. If this was,
0: if this was Luxembourg, <laughs> you know, Nixon probably would have been great. But no, um, yeah, you know, I just don't think it's possible to be, like, have this pristine-looking president that we all seem to want. Yeah. And, um, but again, I, I, I don't want that to be misinterpreted as, like, hey, Nixon's okay, because I don't think he was. Right. Uh, but uh, this is so hard to discuss sometimes. <laughs> it, it just, uh, yeah, because I, I don't think it's possible to be um, that perfect.
1: Right. Well, so you know, in in the modern political climate, you're going to be attacked. That's what the oh, game God, is, yeah. is to be constantly attacked. So yeah. you have to be careful about how you fend off those attacks. Uh-huh. Uh and probably because Nixon, I think a lot of politicians have become much more savvy about how to handle mm-hmm. those kind of things. Although, obviously, you know, uh, I think people have, have heated opinions about the Clinton oh, yeah. uh, impeachment process. But sure. it was kind of the same thing where he blatantly said, I didn't do that. And then said, oh, yeah, I did do that. Yeah. And, but uh, he managed politically to evade the fate that, that Nixon did. Well, I,
0: I, I think there's a couple of reasons for that. Um, one... Lying about a a blowjob isn't really on the same level as breaking into your political (laughs) opponent's offices and stealing shit.
1: (laughs) Uh, If they were stealing blowjobs... That would have been really terrible. That would have been kind of hard to figure out how to do. (laughs) How do you do that? Yeah. um, My question for you jumping off of this uh is if you were president, if you you just had to be president... Mm -hmm. What, what do you think your gate would be? What, where do you think, Um, where do you think you would mess up or get caught up? Because at this point, like, I mean, Watergate just, Watergate started a fun trend. Yeah, Where everybody tries to find a something gate, right? A something
0: gate. There's always a, uh, a bridge gate or something happening.
1: Um. Corn gate. Corn gate. (laughs) Uh,
0: Boy, that, that's a good one. Um. You know, this is a little scary to contemplate, but it would be something (laughs) probably kind of similar to Watergate, where, like, my underlings did something really unethical, and I freak out about it and try and, and, and make it go away and just continually mess it up because I don't really know how... To make that better
1: <laughs> <laughs> so you would just have a sort of uh, uh a failure to misdirect <laughs>
0: yeah um you know it, it, god this is really a, a scary thing to contemplate but i mean uh i have i, I would say i had some of the personality problems that nixon i think clearly had i'm <laughs> just like you know, like you're in a social situation, you don't really know what the hell to do about it. Right. And and and, and just being really stiff and awkward and, and klutzy and, and just sort <laughs> of trying to say the, the things you're supposed to say and they and they come off palpably phony.
1: So you think you would have and, some sort of like actual uh, perhaps like verbal flub? Yeah, and have like tampon gate where you actually accidentally called someone a tampon. Or yeah, something. yeah, yeah. Like,
0: uh, yeah, this is uh, this is Ambassador Tampon. Oops, oh, sorry. Um,
1: I didn't. you know President Hatley is caught up in tampon gate. <laughs> yeah,
0: it, it, it would be some really dumb thing like that, and it would just get exploded beyond words, and I wouldn't be able to handle it.
1: But I, I know you also as a as a person, obviously, mm-hmm. and I think you do you do have a strong sense of right and wrong. Mm-hmm. I, I I see you as generally a uh, calm person, but the few times I've seen you angry, it's because you feel some like injustice. So it's fun sure. for me to imagine suddenly fiery, angry presidential <laughs> Calvin. Finding out that some douchebags broke into an office.
0: You know, I, 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 I do admit, it, I, you know, I think a lot of people have this fantasy of, of, like, being a president or something and just telling someone, you're fucking wrong. <laughs> <laughs> you, know,
1: you you...
0: you <laughs> s- screw you! We're not doing that! Get the fuck out of my office! I mean, like you know, like just uh, you know. I think
1: everyone would want to do that. At least oh, once. that's great! I, Wait, w- I would. That would be great if if we were living in a climate where someone was asked, "Why someone- do you want to be president?" <laughs> so I can tell people to fuck off.
0: Like if you just had like a like a uh, like a virtual reality game where you just you're simulating being the, in the Oval Office and senators from the opposing party are doing something you're like, fuck you, we're not doing that bullshit.
1: I'm the president.
0: Fuck off.
1: (laughs) So actually it sounds like what you might deal with is fuck off gate.
0: Yeah, it might be fuck. I I think it might be just me totally losing my temper at like a really horribly (laughs) wrong time.
1: President Hatley has reached across the aisle only to flip off. (laughs)
0: Yeah, you know senators president Hatley has need another senator in the groin
1: <laughs> excellent uh so so moving on a little bit yeah why are richard Nixon masks a <laughs> thing in culture <laughs> how how did that happen and should it
0: i you know that's a great um question i i think it was just because
1: <sighs> did they start back during Watergate, like I remember as a kid, they yeah. were used sort of like, ironically, like they were used yeah. in, in comic books, like where really scary people would be yeah. dressed in Nixon masks and yeah. there would be like violence associated. And I think they're in, a, is it a, a Spike Lee film? I can't remember. I feel like there's a film from the last 15 years in, or so that in, has...
0: In the movie Point Break.
1: <laughs> oh, that, that, that's not what I was thinking of, but yes.
0: Uh, which is uh, you know, about, this. you know, this sounds ridiculous when you t- say it out loud... Uh, a gang of surfers who rob banks,
1: right? Like you do,
0: and their and their their uh, disguises were all wearing suits and ties and wearing masks of all the recent presidents. Okay, so like there was a Reagan and there was a Carter and there was a Nixon
1: and, and like, was Nixon the most badass? I've never seen uh, the the leader was actually Reagan. Ugh, bullshit.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, the the leader yeah the leader guy was um, had the Reagan mask, but. Um, you know, seriously, I mean, wouldn't that be just scary as hell to see a whole bunch of guys in a in Nixon masks? It would be
1: terrifying, and I don't know why that is far more scary to me than than Any Carter. Other? Yeah. And it's not just because, like, oh, Carter's a peanut farmer and a good president, and Richard Nixon yeah. was a bad president. There's something deeper that, like, a Richard Nixon mask yeah. terrifies me.
0: There, you know, that, that, it, there, yeah, it, it's that's a fascinating... Psychological, socio-political <laughs> question, and I don't have a great answer for it. But do
1: you it, have a Richard Nixon mask? Do you own any? I do not own a Richard Nixon mask. I have a,
0: I have a, I have a Richard Nixon bookmark
1: <laughs> right here in my book over
0: here. Um, uh, I, I don't really, I don't, own, I don't like collect Nixon memorabilia. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you, you keep I Nixon in, it, in your heart. <laughs> <laughs> don't you? He's inside. I, I keep him safely under wraps. <laughs>
0: Uh yeah, in 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 my heart, I suppose. I yeah, I. <laughs> God, I just said I keep Richard Nixon in my heart. My God, what is wrong <laughs> with me? Um, I think he's just kind of a, a a weird looking guy, and 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 his his smile never really looked natural. Right. You know, like like everyone who. Like, knew him personally, said, like, he never smiled unless, like, a camera was on him. Wow. And he he felt like he had to be, oh, I have to be this outgoing guy now.
1: Right, so I suppose that that goes back to what you were saying really early on, of, like, he probably had a sort of rich internal life, Mm -hmm. but had to sort of force some of these uh, social niceties... Because uh, he was clearly super intelligent in, yeah. in analyzing and thinking yeah. and had this great internal life probably but yeah. then I guess we all sense that when somebody says I will I will force myself to smile for you so masks of me can be scary decades later.
0: <laughs> yeah, it, it's just um, you know, a lot of the biographers who have tried to write about Nixon, you know, like they interview people and everyone's who who worked closely with him was just like I really don't know what made him tick. Right. I really I never he never talked about things. Uh, you know, like personal stuff. Uh, there's an anecdote about like when he would, when the family would sit down to dinner at night, he would go to Pat Nixon, his wife, and shake her hand and say, "It's good to see you." <laughs> That's how he greeted his wife.
1: So you were saying he was he was hot stuff in bed. Oh, yeah. He, he,
0: he was dynamite. He was...
1: <laughs> Handshake, good to see you. <laughs> uh, ah! Panties on the floor, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's a sentence I didn't expect to come up in the Nixon podcast. And yeah. Panties on the floor. Uh, okay, so here, here's kind of a, a, a weird question for you. Do you think The Phantom Menace would be a better film if Nixon were in it?
0: Oh, God. Um, you know I could see him as Watto? <laughs>
1: <laughs> so for people who have actively avoided The Phantom Menace or haven't watched it since 1999, uh, Watto is the character who owns Anakin, as yeah. a slave. So he is a slave master who, who owns a nine-year-old boy.
0: Because Watto kind of looks like Nixon when you think about it.
1: Uh, there's certainly some jowl action. He, he's he's jowly,
0: and he has like this big nose thing. And
1: yeah, yeah. I think Watto is probably more in touch with who he is than Nixon. <laughs> I think Watto is aware that he is a crook, mm-hmm. and and proud of it.
0: Yeah, he's not trying to hide. Um, certainly.
1: <laughs> but so I was. I, asked- it, would, it would be kind of funny to see him as one of the huts. <laughs> um, well, I was asking because it seems like the Nixon's uh, uh, screw-ups with Watergate do tend to overshadow the fact that he was actually politically incredibly knowledgeable, right? Yeah. He had I mean, a lot I mean, of savvy. Yeah, I mean,
0: uh, you know, think about this. He, he lost the presidential election in 1960. Then he ran for governor of California in 1962 and lost that.
1: Right. And, that's and then they, in 68, he
0: got elected president. That doesn't happen.
1: Yeah, that's... You know,
0: that's that's astounding.
1: I that's mean, a lot of getting up after you've been knocked down.
0: Yeah, I mean, um, you know, that's part of what, what fascinates me about about him is, is he was such a... I don't want to use the word successful because that, again, implies that I agree with him. <laughs> but, you know, like, that he came... You know, that he was you know, arguably the most successful politician of his time. Yeah. And and he was a social idiot. I mean, th- there's another... um <laughs> There's another <laughs> anecdote when he was in a, a, a... Like a presidential motorcade or something. And a motorcycle cop got in an accident and broke his leg. And Nixon, like... Oh, I, I have to see this policeman, you know, this this man who fell in the line of duty. know, <laughs> yeah, and, and goes up and sees him goes to the to the to the cop who's like lying in pain or something, and and Nixon clearly has no idea what to do. And and, and he he's just trying to be conversational and he, he says, So, uh, do
1: you enjoy the work? <laughs> so okay, so he <laughs> loved that. If he was if he was uh, this sort of clumsy socially why why was he such a great diplomat in particular because he is famous especially yeah. in life for bridging the, the relation gap between the US and China yeah and i not not that that's like a social thing like well, how no. did he charm the pants off china but but he he did bring I, something it was right?
0: probably some kind of um, yeah just like one-on-one meeting and just having Really cogent arguments
1: right, so so somebody that that is it is purely political
0: yeah, I, you know the the thing you you cannot fault Nixon for not being a hard worker. His, his nickname in college was iron Butt
1: <laughs> you are a fucking I am not off. kidding. Where did you get that? I
0: can't remember where I heard that, but he, he was he, he was <laughs> nicknamed Iron the Butt the because he, he just would sit down and study his ass off all the time.
1: His iron ass and
0: okay. uh, yeah there's a there's a whole uh, <laughs> the, 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 this, is, the, I, this is my all-time favorite Nixon anecdote and I think it it, it really imply you know illustrates just how what a hard worker he was mm-hmm. in his college days uh, he went to Whittier College, which is a a small college in Southern California okay and they had this weird tradition at homecoming of like having a big bonfire and the various fraternities would get an outhouse and burn it on the on the bonfire and whichever fraternity got the biggest outhouse was like that that was like you know they were like the king fraternity okay for the year or whatever and um usually you would find uh, you know a, like a two-hole outhouse Sometimes people would get like a three-hole outhouse. Damn. Once in a while, a guy would really kick ass, find a four-hole outhouse. Wow. Nixon found a (laughs) five-hole. He managed to find an outhouse with five holes in it. So saying, Imagine,
1: I mean, seriously. Your, that's your favorite anecdote, is that Iron Butt Nixon <laughs> found a five-hole outhouse.
0: It, 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 it dovetails with another obsession of mine, which is, which is a, ass jokes. Yeah, but, um, I mean, seriously, think about how much work that would take to, I've got to find a five-hole outhouse.
1: <laughs> yeah, there's no Google. He couldn't just yeah, Google it, five-hole it, outhouse. It, it, he
0: couldn't look on Google and Earth I, and I, I don't
1: think somebody should. I wasn't thinking Google Earth. <laughs> <laughs> Zoom in. How does a five is is there a partition in a five hole outhouse or is it five people five frat guys going <laughs> let's poop together guys no I I think
0: it was just like farmers being sort of like lazy or something <laughs> like, you know I'm just I'm not gonna I'm not gonna dig five separate holes I'm just gonna dig one big hole uh, I don't know it. I, I the the the, the, and the panties hit the floor. <laughs> <laughs> Out, outhouse design isn't isn't my, no, my forte, but no, um, no, I'm clear. But uh, I mean, seriously, think about how much work that would be. Okay,
1: no, it, but I take I know, take your point. That, yeah. I mean, I'm I, it's taking me a lot to to take seriously. It's so much uh, work. It's so much work
0: put into such a bizarre, stupid area. But yeah, but I, but I take your
1: point that he wanted to do the best. Yeah, and sort of like. Uh, what's how can I be the best? The most holes? Got it. Dick Nixon is on it. Yeah. I find the most holes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay, so here, here's uh, another question. If you could go back in time and ask R- Richard Nixon a question, what would you ask him? <sighs> I'm taking this
0: question probably way more seriously than I should. <laughs> no.
1: Uh, uh,
0: uh, if I could ask Nixon one thing. I think, I, I, I might ask him something about uh, uh, the China stuff. Cool. Starting uh, that whole thing with China, because that was really pretty astonishing. That was his, uh, his I think, probably his biggest achievement.
1: And that was just his desire uh, to make a a stronger relationship with China. Yeah, yeah. He, yeah, he pretty know. much just pursued it.
0: And, it. and it went counter to all his... Uh, uh, background because he, he really made his name as like this extreme anti-communist right? president and you know this very anti-communist foreign policy and then he opened up relations with China and it was just like you know there's a <laughs> I forget which Star Trek movie it is but <laughs> Spock at one point said on Vulcan we have a saying like, only Nixon could go to China <laughs> which is Probably not an actual Vulcan statement, but um, look. yeah. Well, Vulcans aren't real, so
1: <laughs> we're getting into. It. So, but you're, what you're saying is like that Nixon looked around the world and said, "Which country has the most holes?"
0: <laughs> I'm gonna find the I'm challenge not, and I'm gonna uh, do those Chinese outhouses. <laughs> Goddamn!
1: <laughs> <laughs> They're
0: palaces. <laughs> Here's one from the Ming Dynasty.
1: It, it could seat the entire <laughs> army. I like Nixon. I like the way you had Nixon say, "God damn, <laughs> dang." <laughs> cool. So uh, I, for so, sure.
0: <laughs> uh, anything this funny in Nixon's voice. Well, uh, I especially love, god, uh, damn. <laughs> god damn, god uh,
1: damn. So I have some questions about your sort of level of obsession that I like to ask okay. on the podcast. So. Do you think about Richard Nixon every day?
0: No. <laughs> I have to think, there's a lot of times that I'm, I'm at, like, work and I don't have anything in particular to do, so i like, oh, I'll just look at stuff on Wikipedia. and Right. And it's usually something I, I've got some interest in, and so I've probably looked up Nixon-related tangential things cool a lot but uh no I, I would say i do not think about nixon every day okay no.
1: would you wear uh, underwear inspired by richard nixon <laughs> <laughs> um,
0: assuming i have absolutely no chance uh of, of getting laid that day <laughs> i think i probably would i mean you know I, i'm sure there's probably like Ironic Nixon underwear somewhere. I can I'm remember. sure. I mean, I I don't I don't I, I I'm terrified by the thought of of sincere Nixon.
1: Underwear. <laughs> a tribute to the great man. But, but um, put him on your book. No,
0: I I would wear comedy Nixon underwear. Sure,
1: yeah. I don't know why I'm terrified by the concept of Nixon masks. Yeah. <laughs> but like boxers with a big picture of Nixon's face on them. <laughs> That's whimsical to me.
0: And 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 if you're if you're using the restroom, you're. Um, you remember, would probably come out, like, his head. <laughs> I don't know why I felt the need to point that out. But. It is very true. Yeah. You have to think about the logistics. So maybe
1: <laughs> maybe you would want underwear with that, many that, tiny Nixon well, that, head you know, images. That, you know, the way he's
0: usually characterized with a really long nose. You know? <laughs> I don't know. Uh,
1: if Richard Nixon came back to life and ran for office, would you vote for him?
0: It would really depend on who he was running against. <laughs> uh, if, like, for some reason, Nixon suddenly decided to be a Democrat. Uh, you know, honestly, if, it, if, it, if the choice came down between Nixon and Romney, I would, have, I would go for Nixon. Yeah. Uh, I, I know everyone thinks of him as, like, this ultra-conservative. If you really, really look at his record, he was startlingly moderate in a lot of stuff. Yeah,
1: yeah. I mean, he, he,
0: was, he wasn't, like, a hyper-ideological president.
1: No, but it it's like certainly seems like a lot but, of his, his social agenda was either Democrat or not fighting Yeah, the change that was happening in the country at the time.
0: Yeah, he... he it's pretty clear from, uh, you know, the tapes and the records and stuff that his heart wasn't in the civil rights movement. <laughs> but he, you know just kind of figured this if nothing else this is like some easy votes and support i can get okay you know so i would you know i would vastly prefer a president whose heart was in it yeah but you know (laughs) you know that's okay you know
1: so if somebody asked you to do this would you do a richard nixon impression at someone's funeral
0: Uh sure. <laughs> I I you know I could see like some people having a nice uh a nice a <laughs> nice comedy funeral. Uh, yeah, you know, exactly. Like, you know like uh th- this is a guy or a woman who died who clearly wanted people to enjoy themselves or something
1: and said I would like a eulogy by Richard Nixon
0: <laughs> delivered by Calvin Atley. Like sure. <laughs> Why not? Um,
1: God damn.
0: Yeah, I mean, you know, if it was like, uh, if for some reason, uh, I don't know, say Bob Dole died and like, (laughs) Kelvin, we want you to do the Nixon impression. I don't think I would take that offer. Uh, But, um, no, yeah,
1: you know, if if it was
0: a more of a wake type funeral.
1: If there was already a party vibe. Yeah, yeah, I'll do Nixon, sure. All right, all right. If you found out Richard Nixon was your dad, how would you react? <laughs> I think I'd just kind of go typical.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, just my luck. Just my luck. That that explains a couple of things. <laughs> um, yeah. Wow. That would. I think there would be like the 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 horrified stare of disbelief for quite a while and then sort of and then like I met like I made might ask like Did did you leave me any money? <laughs> and, then, <laughs> and then And then I would probably just get the hell on with my life and and you know just if people like wanted to interview me about my feelings about Nixon I would say, okay, sure, but I don't have a relationship with the guy. <laughs> We're estranged. There was there was this <laughs> one miss one miraculous sperm from Nixon happened to hit <laughs> this egg and yeah and I happened but you know that's
1: So if asked in an interview about Richard Nixon being a father, you would explain how babies are made. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I have a nice
0: pull down chart and you know that I just, here's the female reproductive system I came out here but I that's the extent
1: it's not different it's not different because I'm Richard Nixon here's where just, Richard
0: Nixon's penis would have been inserted <laughs> so very disturbing
1: okay so my my final uh, Nixon question for you on the obsession level is uh, can you make the noise of what it would sound like if Richard Nixon got punched in the balls by a kangaroo?
0: <laughs> oh, God. Okay. um, I got I to gotta stop laughing
1: for okay. a second. Um, Ow! Oh! <laughs> <laughs> I like the way you make it sound like it's not even sincere. <laughs>
0: Like, you'd actually have to, like, process the thought for a second. Like,
1: I understand this. It, it's normal, it people. Was like, that was actually a kangaroo. And it,
0: <laughs> and it actually struck me in the testicles. <laughs> how would a normal red-blooded American
1: react to that situation? <laughs> Can you say I God I think he would God. say how. Oh. <laughs> Can you say God damn one more time? It's Nixon. God damn! <laughs> <laughs> Is that going to be your ringtone now? <laughs> Probably can you say "hot damn" is Nixon? Hot damn! <laughs> Get down and boogie! <laughs> I really did not expect this to be such a sexualized <laughs> podcast. Uh, oh, how could it not be? So do you have do you have any any final Nixon thoughts before we move on to our final podcast questions? Final Nixon thoughts.
0: Is there some some crazy anecdote about Nixon I really wanted to? To relate, um, a documentary that just came out this year called "R. Nixon." Oh wow! Uh, and it's primarily composed of Super 8 home movies taken by H. R. Halderman and John Ehrlichman, and okay. another one of Nixon's aides. Mm-hmm. And it's a and 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 it's like these home movie footage things with like excerpts from the tapes played over them and 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 subtitles. Okay. And there was. A point where Nixon is talking about this thing he saw on TV. He saw some movie on CBS that he couldn't believe. And Halderman and Ehrlichman are are like... Actually have to explain to him, no, 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 Mr. President, that's a TV show. (laughs) That's a sitcom. That's a regular... Like, like, he didn't quite <laughs> the know the difference. That's on television between a movie and a sitcom. Like the the in studio laughing, like somehow didn't tip him off.
1: What was the show?
0: All in the family. Wow. And he was talking about there. It, it was glorifying homosexuality, <laughs> and they're making fun of this, you know, regular hard hat American. You know, like like totally not getting the show.
1: Wow, that sounds like a sketch. It does.
0: What? Oh, yeah, yeah, they actually had to kind of point out to him. No, it's this is a TV show, Mr. President. It's actually it's having quite a It wasn't a impact. movie.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> the, 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 the the video look, the three camera setup, the in-studio audience laughing. That's a sitcom. Oh, <laughs> uh, what now? <laughs> what, what that? what's that <laughs> They they sit. They're communists that sit now. <laughs>
1: um. <laughs> awesome.
0: Yeah, I I I just felt that was important to
1: to to uh,
0: mention somehow. Yeah, well, it's,
1: no, it's a good, it's a good portrait of his sort of uh, being very oh. worldly, but still kind of not aware of what was right under his not, nose. Yeah, in some yeah, his his spectacular on awareness in some areas. <laughs> cool. So, uh, so I have some final questions that I ask uh, people on the podcast. Uh, the first one is, if there were a video game based on your life, what would the main challenge of the game be?
0: Getting out the front door. <laughs> uh, God damn. I, th- I think it would just be like some sort of weird thing where it's like, Skyrim, but it's all entirely in a house, and, and like, like there's like a whole set of quests you have to do to like get out of bed, and then like getting a bowl of cereal in the morning. You know, like you have to like, oh, we don't have the cereal here. You have to travel to
1: to uh, this cabinet, and, and so like, it would be a sort of frustrating open world adventure yeah. that happens in. A relatively small house. It, it'd be a frustrating <laughs> open
0: world adventure with with heavy uh, existentialist
1: type themes in it. Yeah. I love the idea that <laughs> you play in this video game and you could just mash the A button to try to get your like general mood up. Yeah, <laughs> it's like. Oh, I've
0: I've found the uh, the work pants of of enlightenment. I I am now ten percent more awake. Okay, <laughs> I'll put these on. All I right. think
1: a lot of people would like and uh, agree with and relate to that video. Right? <laughs> I certainly would oftentimes when i'm trying to get out of bed i i imagine matching an a button like there's somebody (laughs) in the video game just having to hit that button to try to get me up out of the bed and like Like I almost get there and i go back like that old
0: olympics game where you had to hit the two buttons to like to run oh god fucking asshole game uh
1: okay so next question if you could trap someone else on a desert island with only one television show to watch for all time what would it be
0: Just, just a theoretical whoever person. Yeah. So. Uh, Okay. Yeah. Um, And they had to watch one TV show. Yeah. Um. Uh, uh, probably Monty Python. <laughs> <laughs> so they could annoy themselves with quotes. <laughs> yes, <laughs> I, I, I think you know, I, I, and I. That's that's just me projecting. Probably, I mean, I've never gotten tired of seeing old Monty Python episodes. Cool. Uh, I, I hope they would feel the same
1: way. Cool, cool. And the final question for everyone on the podcast is, what is happiness? Uh. A
0: complete absence of worry, pain, and fear.
1: Awesome. Thank you very much, Calvin. That is our podcast.
0: Thank you. That was wonderful. You've been listening to Obsessed. Joseph Scrimshaw and his guest shared some stories with the rest. Rate five stars if you're impressed.
1: Hello, and welcome to the... uh, um. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I might put that at the end of the podcast. <laughs> I would do it. I would do it. I would do it. I would do it. Uh, oh, that was great. So drunk. <laughs>